Zane Lowe, Apple Music. Hey, what's up? I'm Zane. Thanks for joining us for another conversation right here on the interview series. Today, we're talking to Gwen Stefani, international icon, and of course, music superstar. Let's be honest, it's been a while since Gwen Stefani was known just for her music. Over the last decade plus, she's shown up in all kinds of incredible spaces, doing huge things, most notably and recently as one of the judges on the smash hit TV series, The Voice, out here, primetime nationwide American television. I mean, it gets no bigger right now. But who is Gwen Stefani, the artist? Well, the last album she released was a very deep and emotional album that spoke openly about her divorce and led ultimately to her meeting the new love of her life, Blake Shelton, getting a life together and starting a whole new journey. So what is music to Gwen Stefani now? Where does she summon up that inspiration that turned millions of us into fans at the turn of the 90s as a member of No Doubt and then continuing through into the 2000s with her solo work, most notably some of her collaborations with Pharrell and stuff. You know, it's been an incredible ride to date, but what happens in 2020? We get the song, Let Me Reintroduce Myself, and it couldn't sound more like the Gwen Stefani that we know and love. But how does she get there we're about to find out this is what the conversational centers around music going forward for an icon Gwen Stefani is our guest right now in the interview series I hope you enjoy it there it is that's what we've been missing in our life Gwen Stefani wow. that's what we've been missing what? wow yourself that made me feel so awesome, he, he, like turning well, the computer on and like seeing you, like just hearing the song, honestly. It's, it's such a bop. That is exactly what we need. I don't know how you do it. You know, you come back with these songs and they're so instantly in your world. And it's like you take all these inspirations that you've been building over the course of your life and they're just so present and they all speak to each other in this perfect harmony. I just don't know how you do it. It's just so you. I can't believe how generous you're being. My God. Thank you. I honestly, come on. Never really was planning to do new music. I mean, I fantasized about it, but I was also kind of like, I don't know. I always think about like artists that I loved growing up, and I think I just want to listen to the songs that I like that that they did, and that's like nostalgic for me. Do you know what I mean? I don't really go seek new music from them, so something about that made me feel like why should I do it? You know, I, I love writing songs. So then I was kind of like, someone had sent me a song that I didn't know they wrote it for me. I thought that they, I, no, I never get songs sent to me. Just so you know, like I always ask, like, can someone send me like umbrella by Rihanna? Like I would do that song. Do you know what I'm saying? But nobody sent yeah. them to me. So anyways, I got sent a song and I actually liked it. And I was like, I love the song. I went to go record it. Cause I was like, shoot, I'll just go record it and just see how it sounds. And they were like, no, they wrote it for you. And I was like, what? So then I was like, I want to write with them. So I wrote a song with them right before quarantine, the song and called Cry Happy. And then I didn't get to record it because I had to go home and be with the kids. I didn't. I ran out of time uh, to cook dinner. <laughs> so uh, anyways, yeah. then we all went into lockdown and I was in Oklahoma and I was really cooking dinner. I mean, we were like 15 people cooking three meals a day, like laundry, like everybody else. But it was a shot for me. <laughs> I hadn't done yeah, that yeah, yeah, for the whole world. Trust, trust. But then that at that point, I I got to go in and record a song. And then it just, that was like a flame to the fire. Like, I just was like, I don't even care if nobody hears this. I got to write some songs. So I'm so glad you did. And listen, it's totally, it's, it's absolutely understandable. And I think a worthwhile part of the experience to question what it is you have to say. Because, That's true. Because a lot of times we feel like we should just continue to do things because we have an opportunity, but opportunity is not enough. The world doesn't need more opportunists. It needs people who actually have something that they want to say. Yeah. And I was, it wasn't like I was like, I have something to say. It was almost like I 
I, I didn't, I didn't have anything to say. I didn't think until I started writing and it was like, right. oof, you know, there's been a lot of work being done since the last time I saw you on myself because, you know, a lot's happened. That was a powerful conversation too, Gwen. I remember you came in and you laid it out and you were just like, look, here's the deal. This is where I'm at. And I was, I felt very grateful to be on the receiving end of a conversation from someone who was going to be so transparent and upfront to the point where I felt like they were talking on a self-aware level in order to find growth. And it was just amazing. It was like, wow. wow. And I sort of feel like since then you've manifested this new life, this new fresh start. And I just feel like it was around that time you were just like, I know what I need to do. I need to clear the decks. I need yeah. to clear house. It was really weird that you say that. This is all very therapeutic. Thank you. <laughs> I need I need this. Um, I, I feel like I remember everything about that day. I remember what I was wearing. I remember what I weighed. Like I remember what I felt like. Um, and it was really, it was a really hard time for me. And um, I feel like being, being transparent has just always been what I've always been like. I don't understand what, there's nothing really to hide. I mean, the, the only reason to hide things these days is because I have kids, you know what I'm saying, to protect them. So um everything else is like we just i feel like the more that you share the more you um you you can help each other and i it's interesting we're talking about this because i had watched um i had gotten really sick at the beginning of the year that i had to cancel like four vegas shows and i i, I ended up watching all these documentaries and there's a lot of them out there these days and I had watched the R. Kelly one and it was interesting because these girls were confessing what had happened to them. Right. And, you know, we had gone through like the me too thing where people were coming and telling their story. And, but it wasn't until I saw that, that documentary and a couple other things that really triggered a lot of the things inside me. Cause I think that sometimes in, until you hear someone else say something and tell their story, you almost don't want to face your story or you don't want to admit your story to yourself. And so I think that during that process of just getting really sick and being forced to kind of shut down, I, it, that was one thing that probably triggered me to want to write again. Um, and yeah. even though the record definitely, I don't know. I mean, I, I say the record, meaning I have probably 20 songs. Like, I don't even know. I went from like, how would I ever do this? Cause Kelly Clarkson actually was texting me when we were in quarantine and, and sending me all these amazing songs she'd been writing. And I was like, what, how you have two babies, you're in lockdown. It, how are you doing this? She's like, I just stay up all night. I'm like, no, no, nobody stays up all night and has, but all these she's kids. also had things that she needed to, to release yeah. too, because she's been through her own situation. So, you know, it's funny, your music, it shows up when you need it. To. It's true. And I, I never expected to be writing, but it was, uh, it was in there and, um, it's, it's been really, really incredible. I mean, there is just nothing else that, that I do in my life. And I have done so many things that makes me feel ignited the way, a new song makes me feel and to open my computer and see you bopping. Like it was exactly oh, what I, was, I wanted to happen. Like I, it's interesting. Cause I, I, I was like, I started with these two songs and then I kind of went, I was like, I wanted to investigate. Like I, when did I start loving music? Like music defined me in eighth grade when I, I heard madness. That was the record. Like that was my brother brought that home and was like, this is what we're into now. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm with you. You know? And so I started like going online and looking up all these old like ska documentaries and 
it was just this weird, crazy full circle thing that happened because I was, I found this documentary on this school in Jamaica called the Alpha Boys School. I don't know if you've heard of the, this, this school. It's no. basically like these, these kids that are like orphans and um, it's been there forever. And one of the first bands that, that first ska band ever came out of this school, these kids. And it was like, the, there was this like Catholic nun that was, she was born in Jamaica and went to this school as well. And she ended mm. up becoming a nun and then nurturing all these kids, uh, nurturing reggae music, this little Catholic, like white nun. And so she basically like the first band was called the Scatolites. And that was the band that ended up playing on all of these band, all these records that we know, the Marley records and just everything that we love. Yeah, I'm familiar with them for sure. I had no idea they came from the school though. That's crazy. Yes. And the school's still there. And it's interesting because I was like, I feel like, you know, I was in the marching band. Like I, I'm a Catholic girl from Anaheim. Like it was like this weird and I have no business doing reggae music really, but yet it's so me. And so who it defines who I am. And I started thinking about how the world is right now. So, you know, so much racism. So like, you know, it's always there. And when I, when I discovered ska music, when, when I was in no doubt, when I was like, you know, 17 years old, we were like, we were like all anti-racist because that's what ska was in the seventies. It was like the people from Jamaica coming to England to work and then hanging out with their neighbors. And it was just, it was like a full circle, like back to my roots. Like I know what kind of music I want to make and I want to make music that makes people feel happy, you know, and it can say whatever it's going to say, but the bottom line is, that's what we need. You know, at the time when Ska was born, it was all about the revolution of being freed from, you know, being controlled by, by England or whatever. And, and then it went into like the seventies where it was like, you know, people coming together. Let's see, like, you know, who cares who, what color of your skin, you know? And, and then that was us. And a healthy dose of anti-Thatcherism as well, thrown in for good measure. My God. Wow. You talk about the English beat and things like that and the specials. That shit was crazy. They were just railing the whole time. They'd go to these dance halls and they would just rail. It would just be like, take it down one bop at a time. It was madness. It was. No and it is, we were like the third wave, um, just trying to imitate, you know, imitation generation. And we were just trying to do something different and be inspired. But it made perfect sense. It suited, it suited that area of California so much. When you guys came out, Sublime, the whole scene, it just felt very much in keeping to the point now where I think of, you know, Orange County as Scar Town. It's, it's so really strange weird. to me. Like I, I can't shake it, the image, because of me growing up hearing those bands and just thinking it suits the beach. Yeah. It suits it. And it's weird because just, I don't know, just investigating the music again and like sort of like going in and and then sort of saying to a, somebody I don't know that I'm going to write a song with, by the way, which is always like horrifyingly Weird. scary, but yeah. also exciting. Terrible, awkward experience, Imagine speed dating. Me. Nice to meet you. Let's write a song. Also like <laughs> being able to like, I could be their mom half the time. Like I'm like, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, I mean, oh let's be real. Breaking yeah. the fourth wall. Wait a minute. Hang on. You mean you're not Gwen Stefani from the 90s? <laughs> Hold up. Let me just... My mind is blown. Hang on. <laughs> wait a minute, mom. <laughs> oh I mean, I am just being real. Like, it's interesting. Always. Like, it's like when you go to the doctor and your doctor's like way younger than you. And you're like, how you don't, you're a doctor. Like, how can I be older? Gwen, than you? 
What? I am 47. No, but I'm so I'm, you know what I'm talking about. Like we're, you're still, totally. I, you, we're still us. Like we don't, we're still, we don't feel any different, but we've, we've lived. And so when you go in with children and like you write songs, it's obviously it makes no difference once you start going. Cause it's just all about, we're all human, you know? Um, but, yes. but when you first are going to do it, there's like, this, like, what the hell am I doing here? And it, it was, oh, it's overwhelming, <laughs> but we got into, but once I said, Hey, I want to do reggae. Like I want to do, I'm going back. Like, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to revisit my old self, you know? It's so good. And, and every, it was like this, everyone just got so damn excited. Like it was like, it, it was like one song after another and it was, it, it was just, they were all so good. So anyways, here we are 20 songs in and and I get to put a song out. It's so good to have Gwen Stefani right here on Apple Music. Uh, it's been a few years since we've connected and have a conversation. As you said, there's been a lot of life traveled and a lot of things have been achieved. And, you know, just, just your framework, if you want to call it that, is just different to what it was. It must be great to be able to lean into a, a new project and have different things to say because the last project was just, it was painful. It was painful to hear you going through that in the song. It was. I think what was really... I think really significant about that. This is what the truth feels like record for me was the miracle in it, which was, you know, you talked about like having to write music when you have to write music, like the button doesn't always work if you press it, you know? And when I, I, I was going through like the worst part of my life, I, I was running to go write songs. Like I knew that's what I had to do. I knew that that's my purpose. I know, I knew that like, all these bad things were happening to me because everybody has to go through bad things. It's a test. Like, what is your gift? What is your purpose? What are you supposed to do? So that's, you know, I can remember driving down Santa Monica to the studio crying and like, I got to write this record. But then halfway through the project, to my surprise, I start falling in love and I start writing these songs about Blake. And it's like, it's so the first half of writing it and it was written over a very short amount of time, you know, a couple months. So I think the record is just a very interesting record because it has, uh, and a lot of the darker, darker songs didn't make it onto the record because nobody needs to hear that. They're for you. You know, and so it's like, it's interesting that record, but this one, I don't know. Like, I didn't know what, I still kind of don't know what I wrote about. Like, I have to go back and listen to what I just wrote because I kind of wrote everything super fast and then I feel like I've taken sort of a break and I don't feel like I'm done. I definitely, a lot's happened even since I took a break. I mean, I got engaged like a couple of weeks ago. Like, it's like, what? You couldn't write this story. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. It's 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 like so many things has happened, you know, just um, just since writing the first half of these songs. But it's fun to be able to put stuff out so quick. You know what I mean? Like, that's the one thing about these days that I like, like just again, seeing you uh, bop into the, a new song and I feel like I just wrote that song a couple weeks ago. Like it's just the great, that's the greatest feeling. Cause back in the day we'd have to wait so long for everything, you know? People talk about heartbreak and often when they're talking in the middle of heartbreak, it's, it's the most horrible thing. It's, it's on a micro level. It's just like, it's so soul crushing. And, um, you put yourself in a situation where you feel like uh, at, at your worst, I'll never put myself in that situation ever again. And then eventually yeah. you realize it's a gift. It's actually a privilege to be, to be heartbroken. It meant that you felt something so powerful in the first place that you're so sad to let it go. Right. And you need to open yourself up again. <laughs> it didn't sound like you had much of a choice. It sounds like it was literally around the next corner. Most people go around the block a few times before they allow themselves to go through that experience again. 
but you were obviously open. Um, I don't know that I was. I, I think what I was is I was in a very clear, um, I had my eyes on the ball, which is my, my, um, the ball is my spiritual, like my faith. And so I was, I had my eyes wide open and Pharrell actually was one of the ones that said to me, he's like, if you open your eyes, you're going to see. And if you just start looking for it, you're going to start seeing it. And, you know, kind of like I'm speaking in parables because I, (laughs) in the sense that like, what does that mean Pharrell? Like, you know, but, but then once I started listening and opening my eyes, I started seeing stuff. So I guess I was open because I was trying to do whatever it was I was supposed to be doing. And I'm trying to live my life that way these days, you know, because it's weird. Like in the early, early days when I would be, you know, writing songs, there was a lot of doubt about myself or like, um, not believing or not, or when I wanted to be like humble or like, I don't know. I think when you get given a gift in life, you need to really use it. And it's almost like a sin not to, you know, it's like, you have to understand that that's what you're good at and you're not good at everything. I'm not good at most things, but for some reason I can dig into my heart and share it. And it seems to help people or make people smile or happy or whatever. And, and that makes me happy. So I just been trying to do that. And I think that that that's kind of where I was at when, when I met Blake, I was just, it was more about like, I I wasn't like, I want to fall in love. I mean, you can hear, I write that on a lot of the songs. That was the last thing, you know, um, it just, it just happened. It was part of the plan and it, thank God, you know? So let's talk about the tools that you've developed. It's one thing for Pharrell, your friend, to say to you, open your eyes. It's beautiful sage advice. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of really beautiful texts that have been written over centuries that really come down to that one basic premise of like, open yourself up to to your senses, your true self, (laughs) and greatness will come to you naturally because you have energy that draws the pure to you. You have to get in your own way to, to mess that up. And we're really good at yes. that. Human beings are incredibly good at getting in our own way, right? Yeah. Really like expert level. So Pharrell's saying, get out of your own way. Let go, really. The principle of those two keywords, let go. So how do you start to put that into practice? Because as you say, it's a parable. It's like, all right, wise and handsome, <laughs> ageless human, Pharrell Williams, super talented, like stealth model cat. What are we talking about here? What does that actually mean? You know, How did you get to that place where you were able to apply it? Um, I think it was just, again, like it was just constant spiritual exercise. It's, it's the same thing, like going to the gym, you know, it's like you skip a few days and, and you just slip, it's just, just, just slip away. And it's just, you have to constantly be working on it. And I think that it was really fun on this writing spree that I've been on because, and I, I, I feel the most spiritual when I'm writing, I feel the most connected because it's like a constant conversation in my head with God. I mean, it really is. And I just feel so connected and it's almost like right now I'm, I feel like I'm, it's, it's the same, like when you go to the gym and you do like five days in a row and you feel so good about it and you're getting somewhere, you see it, you feel it, someone else notices it. And, um, and then you just have a binge night and you, you have that burrito you shouldn't have had. And then it leads to the next day and you don't go to the gym. It's exactly the same thing with spiritual exercise. I feel like right now I'm on the the other side of it where I got to get back in there. Like I gotta, I gotta start focusing. I'm the same. I fall off because, because 
you know, when you have these anxieties that are built in you that you can't control at an early age, you realize that it's, that you've got, that it's constant work and no one wants to do constant work. Anyone who says they do is lying. Yeah. No one wants to do constant work and it does require constant work. I remember the first time, distinctly remember the first time we ever met, which was during No Doubt, obviously, um, way back in the day. And I remember getting a real sense from you that your charisma came at a cost to you. And you, 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 you referenced this a little bit before as an early artist, that there was an anxiety that you were battling through that, that everybody wanted to present you to yourself. This is who you are. Mm. You're Gwen Stefani. You're a superstar. You're amazing. These songs are incredible. You can't lose. But I felt like you were super at odds with that. Was that a fair observation back then? Has anxiety played a role in your life throughout your life? You know, I think the one thing that I've discovered through having kids is that I um, I have dyslexia and, you know, everyone has things that happen. And mine was that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the problems that I, I have have had or just, just like even decisions that I've made for myself stem from that. Because, you know, now now the children obviously have some of they all genetic. They have some of those issues. But now they get all these benefits. Like, they have these incredible teachers and schools. And, like, they don't have to have shame about it. They don't – they understand that their brain uh, functions in a different way. We, all of our brains do. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. I think that when I got in um, – when I discovered that I could do something, because <laughs> before that I sure didn't do anything, I failed at school. I failed and, – and I was a good girl. Like I, I didn't – I wasn't a – didn't do any bad stuff, you know. Um, it was just really hard for me to function in that square box of school that was like everybody was supposed to be understanding. And I just – my brain didn't work like that. It still doesn't. Um, but it works in different ways that are are probably, you know, a gift that other people can't do. So anyways, I think that my point is, is that at that time I had written that whole record, not even knowing how to write a song. And I, I had like literally laid my entire life out for everyone to hear. And then I'm still in the band with Tony, who is like, I was so dependent on because of probably my dyslexia. I didn't know any of this until now, but I think that I didn't have any confidence in myself at the time, but when I would write a song or I would get on stage, it just felt so right. And so the only thing that was going right for me. So there was parts of part of me that had like what everybody else was seeing that was real. It was there and it is there, but then there was all this other disastrous stuff going on, you know, and mainly a lot of it had to do with just the breakup again. Like I had this just, it's a constant theme in my life. That's why life's gotten so good right now. Actually having a best friend who I can be in love with and just share everything with and trust. It's just been like such a different chapter. No drama. Because again, as people, I feel that sometimes we're drawn to these, um, these kind of repetitive behavioral habits we don't even recognize in ourselves. Yeah. That we're trying to find situations that reflect our own sense of self-worth on ourselves and we don't realize we're doing it. We're just like, why does this keep happening to me? I don't understand. Like, what's going on? What am I doing wrong? And you don't realize it's actually wired in you. It's ingrained in you. You're a smart guy. <laughs> Do you Have you studied, like, psychology? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've spoken to artists for nearly 30 years of my life. It's as good a degree as you'll ever get. <laughs> it's such a crazy thing, right? You come from a place of needing to rebuild. You do so through expression and therefore 
you repair yourself and help others in the process, but you also expose your flaws. It's the craziest trade. That's so true. Wow. You really have this down. I, I think that's so true. And I think that once you sort of understand it, which is where I'm kind of at, um, you can't completely understand it. And, you know, we just continuously fail all the time every day, but I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a different thing. I think that's, what's been really fun about collaborating on this record. I think one thing I learned through being my whole career is I have, I have a huge ego like we all do. And I always want to be the one to come with the idea or, you know, I wrote that part, you know, or it it makes you, it makes me feel so like, like I mean something. Yeah. Validate. Yeah. That's a validation is what it is. But this record so far has been real, a real collaboration and all the stuff I've ever done. That's been good. I think has been, uh, me being able to collaborate and inspire whoever I'm, I'm working with, whether it be, you know, designing me a handbag or writing a song or yeah, everything. It seems like, um, and like I have hooked up with all like kind of new writers this time around. You did last time around as well. And by the way, remind the people who you worked with on the last album, please. Oh, you mean Julia Michaels <laughs> or like... And- oh, is that all? I, oh my God. So, okay, hold up. This is a little known fact. You're gonna have to go back into the history books and read this interview or watch this interview again. But Gwen was standing opposite me at the start of Apple Music and we had a conversation. He started talking to me about Justin Tranter yep. and Julia Michaels. And I'm sort of familiar, but like none of us are that familiar. And now, oh my God. I know. You started the train. I, and it was it was just, a, again, like a very all in the plan because I walked into the room and I was literally like, I don't, I didn't know who they were at all. Like, cause I don't. I don't hang in writer crowds, like writer, you know, songwriter. Like. It was, and it was early doors as well, Gwen. It was early doors for them. Yeah. And so I just kind of walked in and was like, I was just like, I don't really care who you are or what you do, but I need to get something off of my chest. <laughs> and like, you know, like, yeah. and it doesn't, I don't care about a hit. I don't care about if anyone hears it. Like, Let's go. Like I was so fired up and I had the first song we wrote was, um, and Julia, Julia actually wasn't there yet. It was with Raja. And I really like, I, I took Justin along with me when I was going to do my Christmas record, which is one of my favorite records, um, that I ever was part of. And I wrote with Busby who, um, who passed, which is just still like we were walking up the stairs last night before we went to bed and was we were just like I, I still can't like it hurt like I can't believe that Busby's gone I mean it's he is a he was a legend I mean he is so talented like just to to watch him write songs but it's interesting because all the people I've worked with are just so talented and they all have their own gift and when we get together like it's just so beautiful to see the songs. Like for me, like to walk through the moment of how the song is written is like my favorite thing to just re go back in my brain and go, and this happened. And then I said that, and then you said that. And then, then we have this song and but it's Julia, magic. Julia was like a weirdo and still is. And I'm sure she's fine with me saying that because she, uh, <laughs> she was like, she was just, all she needed to be more sane was to be an artist and to have people hear her songs. Cause I think that that's what was missing for her. And I feel so happy for her. And she just was my mentor on the voice. Gwen Stefani is joining us right here. We're diving deep, deep, deep as we always do. It's like, just let's pick up where we left off and just go straight in there. You talked about the Christmas project being one of your favorite 
projects you've ever worked on, you've added to it. And we're seeing a real outpouring of gifts from artists at this time of year. I feel like there's more Christmas related and holiday related music coming this year than I remember. And a lot of deluxe editions or added editions. So it's like, you know what? I want to add something to that. I want to represent mm-hmm. it because I feel, and this is, a, I'd like to know what you think. Most people are saying, I feel like people need it. They need music in their life right now. I think music is, it, if you always go back and look at it, it's always been the thing that, um, that saves everybody or brings us together. And, you know, it just is, it just has no limits. And what is it? It's just, it's, it's like these little emotions and in, in, in what is music? Like, it's just, it's, you start thinking about it. It's such a gift. And I mean, with the Christmas record, I just loved writing originals. Like that was just great. And then, then doing covers, I never really did a lot of covers in my career. So that was fun. And, and to be doing them in that style that I did where we, we recorded the record in a really like old fashioned way where all these amps, everybody was in the same room. It was just, it was very expensive um, <laughs> to be able to do it the way we did it. So thank you, Interscope. If Christmas records don't joke, I mean, it's like you've got to get in there. You're talking like upper echelon expense here. It's Christmas. Yeah. I mean, it was just old fashioned. It was just, it was people, you know, and um, and time. And so I, I wasn't expecting to add to this record this, this season because I was working on my other music and Hallmark Channel came to me. And this is, again, what a great present because they hired... Brian Tedder, my God. I was just thinking about how lucky I was that Hallmark, out of all the people that are doing Christmas, they came to me to sing this song that like a master writer like Brian Tedder, who wrote Baby Don't Lie, which is the only other song that I did somebody wrote for me. And they, he came with this like beautiful Christmas song. It's called Hear This Christmas. And I get to put it on my album, which sort of like brings more, you know, eyes and ears to my record which makes me so happy and then i get i got to do a sleigh ride which is a cover which by the way i will never do live because every single verse is it it, there's not one lyric that repeats in the entire song it was was really hard but i I love how it turned out (laughs) do you uh do you forget your own words on stage though does it happen to you do you have moments where you're just like "Uh, what uh what what I, what will happen to me, like, I will would be like, I'll mess up on one part. This is like on tour or something. And then that will be, that will be the new normal. So it will always be that same part that I'll mess up on. Oh, oh wow. It so. attaches itself like that. Yeah. So your mistake becomes the, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> so yeah, that will happen to me. But then I made the mistake by like trying a teleprompter for the first time, like not even like only a couple of years ago. And what a Vegas, did you try the teleprompter at Vegas? I couldn't. I mean, I've ha- I had it for like rehearsals and things like that. Then I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm going to need it. But then I never use it when I'm actually on stage, but then I needed it there. And then anyways, I don't, I don't know. Yes, I do forget lyrics, but I think when you're live playing, performing, like when I was in Vegas, I think their favorite thing, the audience is when I mess up, like, or like, you know, a costume doesn't come off right. Or that's like when you actually have like a real moment with the audience and they get to feel like, that happened and you just screwed up and we just saved you by like singing it for you or whatever. Like those are my favorite kind of moments. Now that's like live TV. That's a different story. Like I don't want to mess up on TV. Yeah. <laughs> it's so amazing to me that you've found such a successful career in television, right? Because music that's to me, that's your lane. That's who you are. No disrespect to the fine folks at you know, the net, the, the nationwide networks or whatever you want to call it, but you're, you're Gwen Stefani an artist to me. Right. But then I watch you on TV and you're just a natural in this space and it must catch you off guard a little bit because getting to know you, the more that I am and realizing who you were as a kid coming up and trying to find your voice 
TV normally comes from a very precocious place. It normally comes from a place of people who can't stop getting in front of people. I want some attention. I could do TV. I could do TV, right? It's a very specific mindset. Uh, it's not you. I, it's kind of crazy how you've landed in this space. How do you know me so good? And I barely know you. I feel like doing that show came at, again, like a time where I just was like, okay. Like I, I never watched the show. Like I just, I had just had Apollo. He was only like four or five weeks old when I got the call. You know, the show is the opposite of who I am. It's really like about like selling yourself and like trying to win. I don't like totally. games. Like I'm not competitive in that way. So it took me a few seasons to really get the hang of it. But the one thing that show does that I love and that I am good at is I love helping these kids or these people like in the moment, like coaching is like, it, it, I wish there was more time to coach them. Like it really is a limited small thing that we get to do, but watching these artists and their talent and getting to, it's just so inspiring being on the show. You're around tons of music. And you just see people grow right before your eyes and trust you. And and then you get to kind of reminisce on all of the stuff that you've done and like the wake of work behind you. And it, it's very, it's just, it's, it's just a very cool place to be. I always seem to get really creative when I'm on that show. And I feel like now I've done it like, is it five seasons or something? This is actually my most comfortable because now like me and Blake's my homie. Like I've no Kelly good, John, like when you, when you're around, you know, it, that the more you're in it, the, the more comfortable you get. And because it's COVID it's like, there's no audience. So it just really feels like it's just us there. Like, it's like me and you right now, like, don't you feel like this even feels more intimate than like when I came last time? It does. Yeah. It does. I'll elaborate on that. You know, when I first started doing these kind of conversations and it was days after we went into quarantine because no one knew what to do and I didn't know what to do and I just didn't want to stop. Mm-hmm. So I called up Elton and, and Elton John. I said, I'll go back on the air immediately if you'll go back on the air immediately because he does the rocket out for us at Apple Music One. And he was like, you've got it and I'll be a guest on your show and I'll help you get it back up and running because he's just the greatest human being on the planet. So that got the ball rolling. And what I learned over the course of this year is doing it like this kind of you get into pockets of conversation and emotion in life that you can't get into in a room where there's people you, more people you don't know around. It's like, it's a really, you're breaking all the walls. And it's been so fascinating for me. Like I've learned so much. And that's the thing. Like most of the music that I wrote on this record was on a Zoom. I mean, we were like, so is that the weirdest crap you ever heard? Like I, yeah. there was one day where I was working with, um, Greg Kirsten and he was in Hawaii. I was in Oklahoma and the other girl we we're working with, um, she was in LA Mozilla. It was like, what, what, it was the first time I'd ever done it. And we wrote a damn song. Like we wrote a song on the phone, basically, you know what I mean? And it was, uh, and now it's just super normal. Like it just, it's, it's almost like, this is great. Like my kids can come in, like they're at school, they come in and I'm like, you know, and I love working in the morning. Like I talk about like, not, you know, I have to be on my kid's schedule. So like I come in here, I have this little like hideaway room with the, with my, you know, computer and my, and I just like, and the, it was like nine 30, I'll see you on the zoom. We'll write a song. And by the time, like the kids are out of school, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think that if, if you can apply what you love into this lifestyle right now and you can, it will help keep equilibrium. Yeah. Cause equilibrium has been the thing that we've lost, right? Everyone has lost a balance with each other within themselves 
the coping mechanisms, the distractions we leaned into in order to make this life feel quote unquote meaningful, mm-hmm. all of those things just evaporated so fast yeah. that we had to, we had to sit still and we had to really take a good long look at each other. And I think it's been really, a really intense year for that reason. You know, have there, has, there, has there been a lot of time for you and Blake and the family to reflect? Have you leaned into that experience this year and tried to learn? I think we've just been, I feel a little guilty because we've had so many blessings this year. I mean, honestly, like just from what I told you about getting sick, which yeah. was kind of a blessing to be able to kind of open the door to like, to just thinking, like you said, and like really reflecting on myself. And then Basically, like when we went into lockdown, we were all in Oklahoma and he has a ranch there. And so we were, we were probably about 14 of us. It was like a commune or something. And we, there was, I think, uh, let's see, five kids doing homeschool. And I had the little ones and like, and we are in like a cabin, like very, very rustic. And so it was like, it was just an amazing thing to be able to be there all together and pause and like do things like tear trees down together and like all the kind of nature stuff we just don't have. Get rid here. of all of yeah. the normal, the previous normal stuff. Like let's not even pretend we can keep this up. Let's go somewhere totally Yeah, different. so we were very lucky and we did that for a hun- yeah. like over a hundred days because we were counting the days and we had our little like, our little world, like world. And it wasn't easy, but it was um, amazing, do you know what I'm saying? To be able to have that experience with the kids. And then coming back, as soon as I came back here, I moved into a new house, which was so incredible to, you know, I was like 15 years in a, in a house. It was like, it was time to like have this new life. So you were in the same house, you were in the same house that you went through all that yes. trauma in. Yes. You were in that house. Wow. That's tough. That's right. And it tough. was, so this, it, it's like, I came back to this and then it was like, I came back to doing music, like dived right into doing music. And because I could do it on zoom, and I had my kids here. It was, and it was just like everything kind of, I was able to sustain all of the things we're talking about. Um, you know, I think the worst is obviously not seeing my parents all the time or, you know, I do miss all of the, uh, the interaction, like just having someone over, like, it's like, you, of course, you know, but I, I think in our, our small group, we just have a lot of, we socialize a lot. That is my group anyways. You know what I'm saying? My, my sister-in-law, my brother, those kids, like they all play together. Like that's the people I hang out with anyway. So I was just really lucky to be able to quarantine this way. Now I'm not saying it, it has been hard. It really, it is hard, but not compared to some. So I feel like lucky and blessed and and just really lucky to be back on The Voice as well. I mean, so I'm, what I'm trying to say is I've got to do all the same kind of things. And hopefully the work that I've done, like hopefully being on The Voice is bringing some pleasure to someone that's watching at home board. And, and hopefully, you know, this new music is going to bring some pleasure. Those Saturday night shows, I mean, growing up in the UK, well, not growing up, but, you know, a significant amount of my adulthood in the UK, at the onset of those shows, you know, the Simon Cowell effect Mm -hmm. and just watching those shows take off, they just become, if you watch them or don't watch them, they're just a part of the human DNA of, of distraction. (laughs) It's like, they have to be there. Otherwise the world's going to spiral off into outer space and we don't know what's going to happen. And so it, it kind of brings back some sense of normality where everything has been completely abnormal. How have you in and amongst everything else maintained that sense of normality? 
By the way, let me add a caveat to that. I know more people who have broken up this year because of enforced quarantine than have, and I, but I do know a couple of people who have decided to get married this year <laughs> because they were like, we survived quarantine, yeah. so we got to be good. Is that pretty much what it was for you? Like, if we can get through this, we can get through life. <laughs> we can get through life. Yeah. I, I, yes, I know. I know that it's just really hard. It's just so, you know, I think the hardest thing is not knowing, like thinking that possibly it doesn't end. And then because there's always the hope, the hope is always what keeps us hopeful. You know what I mean? And the dream, you know, and that's the other thing about like making music and, and, and the dream of, of, and the journey of it. And that's what I always try to tell people on the voice is, it's, there's going to be an end to the show and you're going to go home and so am I, we're all going to go home. So you better enjoy this moment and stop looking for the prize. Cause there is no prize. Like the prize is now, you know? And I think that's the one thing that I, I feel, I feel like we tried to do in quarantine is just really be like, Oh my gosh, we're going to look back at this three months, these hundred days in at lockdown together homeschooling the kids and cooking and eating tons of carbs. And like, you know what I mean? Like we're going to really like and having to do our own laundry, having to like cook. And I mean, all this stuff like clean toilets and ugh, it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot of boys, a lot of, a lot of dirt, <laughs> but, um, but I know that I'm going to look back at it and, and I already look back at it. Like it was a, an amazing thing. So I guess it's just trying to find the, the beauty in the moment, like you're saying, and the good things that are coming mm. out of, that are coming out of it. All right. I'm going to give you some impressions right now. Hopefully you're going to find these funny. First time I ever met your uh, fiance was in a, in a, in a meeting. He was playing his music and everyone kept trying to give him a compliment. He go, listen, I don't do any of that. I leave it up to the smart people in the room. And the whole time everyone knew he was the smartest person <laughs> in the room. Now, the, he's a very, very humble, very sort of generous human from what I can tell, but also incredibly dialed into his own vision of what he wants to create and what he wants to make. He almost underplays it. Sounds familiar, right? <laughs> Sounds like what you were like when you were coming up as well. What is it, if I may ask, because we went through the last one and the last one was painful, what is it that's so wonderful? What is it that makes this so real for you right now at this moment in time as we go into the holidays? What is it about him? What do you love about him? Oh, about Blake Shelton? Gosh, it's hard not to like almost everything about Blake Shelton. I said almost only because it would be silly to to not to, to be like, I like everything about Blake. No one's perfect. No one's, no perfect, one's perfect, of course. But I think what um, the root of what I love about us together is that um, we're we're just like he's my best friend. You know, like we tell each other everything. We I don't want to do anything without him. Like he's he's my homie. You know, and um, yeah. he's just a very generous, generous guy. He's 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 full of love and generosity and. Like you said, he's a smart, smart guy as well. So you feel safe, like you could like lean on him and and trust him. And there's just I could go, I could just keep going. I mean, it's literally like a joke. And um, <laughs> I've never met someone that's just so interesting. And it's weird because over the years, because I've now been five years, I've known him. He he is an artist. Like he does have like he's a Gemini, so he he does because you think he's so so normal. But then he is quirky and he is, That's you know. That's the trick. That's the trick. It's the trick. He, yeah. And so, he did, you know, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm not a master of observation by any stretch of the imagination, sure but I just wasn't buying it. In that room, he was just like, ah, they take care of that. And I listen, I just sing the songs. I'm like, I am buying that for a second, not for a single second. He's an artist for real. 
Yeah, he is. He is an artist and, and, but he's just, he is, he has a lot of good, he has like a lot of different sides to him, but I think the, the fact that he, um, he really could walk away from anything at any moment and his true, true like love is just of nature and of just being at that ranch. And he loves animals and he loves, you know, he knows every single name of every salamander and every tree and every bush and snake. And it's like, how do you know all this stuff? He's just always been the same. He's, he's the same guy no matter where he goes, you know what I'm saying? And that's just, yeah. there's something's just so cool about that. Cause you feel so proud. Cause you know that like when I have my favorite moments with him, when he, my dad and mom come over, he's that's he, they get to see that or you get to see that or, you know what I mean? And there's just something great about someone that's so genuine and then super yeah. talented. Cause then you, you watch him sing and you're just like, my God, your voice. And he's really good. It's really fun having him around sort of in an A&R kind of way too, because as I've been writing, he's, He's so um, good at knowing what songs are good or, or even like he's the one that kind of came to me on, with this song to be the first single. Cause he was driving to the airport. And he was like, I've been listening to all the songs and, and I really think that this song, he, it was like his, cause I was really like, I'm not going to even have an opinion cause I don't really, it's, I don't know anymore about myself. Like I can't tell, like, I just want to do the, everybody else you can, I'm going to serve it up and then you decide what you like, you know, because it's hard to tell after a while. It's interesting you say that though, Gwen, because it, it, like I said before, and I tried to explain it before, is it's like everybody has this really complete picture of who you are to us. That's so weird. It's clear to me as we get to know each other, have more conversations that it's just all a total mystery to you. Like you literally lean into the unknown way more than you actually have it all worked out in your head, right? Like that's almost preferred for you. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on. I'm just sort of like trying to, I just want to get it done. Whatever I'm supposed to do, whatever I'm supposed to do, I, I want to do it, you know? And Are you the person that arrives at the concert and 30 minutes before showtime, you're like, let's just go on now. It's just gone now because it'll be done. It'll be, it'll be over. No. I, can have dinner. I might even get a late dinner. I could probably get to I could probably get to Nobu and get a quick dinner. I, I go to the concert and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I have to do this right now. Like because it exactly. feels like feels like a marathon. I'm about ready to run, but then when I get up on stage, I like I start slapping myself, going, "What were you thinking? This is the greatest thing ever." <laughs> I really want to talk about like a little bit more about this forthcoming project and what you can tell us about what we can look forward to and who you're collaborating with. I wrote it with um, Ross Golan and Luke Nicoli. And it's just interesting because Luke was one of the guys that wrote that first song that was sent to me that they had written for me. And then he was the one that was like, oh, you really, after a while, he's like, you should work with this guy, Ross. I don't know who these people are, you know, but, but they just, we had written, we now have written a bunch of songs together and I, it's, Ross is very much like you where he has this really intuitive side about just talking to people and, and getting in their head and then like sort of spitting it back out as a song. Like you're in. So I had a lot of fun working with these guys and, and, and Luke is very like young and he's kind of doing more the production side of it. And it's been interesting to work with him because his view of music is so different, you know? Um, and it's, it's fun for me. It's, it makes it feel like it's kind of scary to trust. And then also vice versa for him, because I'll be like, no, you got to have a bubble like keyboard on it. And you know, that's, what's missing. And it, it's just, it's fun to kind of like, cause there's like this huge gap between us, but yet at the same time, we kind of like 
are helping each other grow in different ways. And um, it's interesting because I had said we need this keyboard and I ended up calling my brother who I wrote Don't Speak With, who was in No Doubt for nine years. And Eric Stefani is his name. And he actually is playing on this record. So it was, we all went to his house and like, get our masks on. This is so like this incredible, like full circle crazy moment to have him play on the record as well, because it kind of made it. But that's what I said. Like when I heard it, I was just like, how am I right back in that place that I instinctively know, like makes me feel this way. And it's 2020, but it's new but I'm back there. Like, how did I get back there? That's why when you came on, I was like, how do you do it? How do you make this shit just sound so instinctively like you? It's crazy. It's when it's something's meant to have be. And you just, like I said, open your heart and follow it. Like I, I feel like it just, it was just meant to happen. And, and Ross was the one that was, you know, basically we had this huge conversation about my insecurities about writing and about like what, like making all these excuses why no one would want to hear me or, you know, all the stuff that you, you do in your head to yourself. And, and, and then that's when he kind of suggested the idea of reintroduce myself. And, and then when he did that, it was like this weird confidence hat was put on me and I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden the song was written like, instantly well that's what's cool about it is that like it's on the surface it's like let me reintroduce myself to the world but really it sounds to me like you were reintroducing yourself to yourself yeah that's really what it sounds like gosh you're smart you're gonna help me be inspired Um, to write more songs now after this session please do i'm just gonna cancel my therapy session for this week save you just save me some money (laughs) <laughs> it's understandable. It's understandable that any artist would go through any any moment in their life and question their validity. Please don't do that. We're thrilled to have you back. Oh, thank when you. you are truly, you're a real artist who's, who's, who brings joy to millions of people. Oh. It's been a joy catching up with you. I always look forward to it. When the record is ready, you know where I am. I'm, I'm open ears and open arms and ready to have another conversation anytime you are. Okay, love, love I'm going to book my weekly session with you. Be part of my healing. Okay. <laughs> you can't afford me, love. You can't oh, okay. afford me. I'll speak to you soon. Take it easy. All right. Thank you so much. I always really enjoy talking with Gwen Stefani. I find her to be really open and honest when it comes to talking about life and music. That's a great example of that. I hope you enjoyed that. It sits alongside recent conversations with Kid Cudi, Mariah Carey, Billy Corgan, Marty Cyrus, Shawn Mendes, ACDC, Kylie Minogue, Rick Rubin, Bruce Springsteen, Tom York. You know, we're up to like 35, 36 of these conversations now. So if you haven't already, by all means, subscribe and we'll be back with a brand new conversation next week right here on the interview series.